So explain Forex to me. Okay. So Forex is, it stands for foreign exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the largest, it is the largest currently market out there. So mm-hmm. it's where you're exchanging one currency for another. So people do it all the time. If you're traveling from one country to another, if I have the dollar and I go to, you know, Europe or England, then I'm going to exchange my dollar for the uh, the pound. For sure. All right. And so you have the ability to make money on the differences that happen in those fluctuations because I might have a dollar and they might laugh at my dollar over there because their pound is worth way more than my dollar. But while I'm gone and I come back, if the, if the dollar fluctuated at all in price, I can make money on that fluctuation price. That's, that's what it basically means. But, you know, as a trader, we're just looking at price changes, price differences in the market. And we make money on if the markets are going up or down. Got you. But how do you know if the market is going up or down? Are you a, hold on, I know this. Are you a technical trader or a fundamental trader? Uh, I'm both, actually. Um, I am a technical trading school. We definitely talk about fundamentals. Um, and I think it depends on the market. Now explain technical and fundamental. Okay, that's Because I don't know how to explain it. I just know how to say it. Okay. Yeah, I see you're using the terms that you... Hey, man. You're, you're I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm cultured. Yeah, I know what's good. going on. <laughs> All right. So technical is... Most people would like technical because most people don't have that much time, you know, and you learn enough of the skills you're learning, you know, the vocabulary, you're learning all of how the market's moving. You know, you're basically learning how to read charts. If if the market's going up or it's going down, you're really just looking at charts. You don't have to look at any information, any news source, anything that's going on in the world. You can just look right at the charts and you're looking for patterns in the market. Um, And it's easier, it's quicker, it's the fastest way to kind of get into trading. Um, But then I'd say eventually over time, you're gonna wanna learn fundamentals. Fundamentals, um, I think it's really big, it's big, for a lot of traders in Forex, it's big. It's not as big for me. Um, when I go over to crypto, fundamentals is much bigger. It's more important to know what's going on in like the economy, what's happening, what what laws are happening, what's what's your currency doing, what are what are the types of regulations, what's interest rates, you know, all of these all these things that you know can be really interesting for some and not for others. Um, but I think it's it's important to know what's happening within the market, within the economy. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. And how do you do that research on like what? channels are you watching or how do you, um, how do you, how are you researching? So, I mean, in Forex, I'll be honest, it's probably the easiest market to do it. Uh, really? Yeah, I think so. Because it's been around the longest. It's, it's, it's the most, it's the most, you know, it's been around the longest. These, these currency pairs have been around for a long time. So there's all kinds of, you know, uh, places you can go. You can go to daily FX. You can go to, um, what is that? What's that one? I I forgot what it was called. There's different places where you can go where they're constantly just giving you news on each economy all the time. Mm. You know, it's not that simple when you want to go to crypto. You kind of have to like know what you're looking for, know who that person, go to that website, look and do more research. It's it's closer to like stocks. But I think Forex is a lot easier. And fundamental analysis is pretty much balance sheets, uh, all the, you know, the paperwork and all that behind the company as far as seeing whether it's profitable and then, Technical analysis is price chart reading, you know, candlesticks, trends, support, resistance, all that. I don't know what all that means. Okay, so support is your floor and resistance is your ceiling, right? So you're looking at one of those charts that people post on Instagram, right? That's how I see it, like the little charts with the stuff going up and down. Right. It's like reds and greens and all that kind of stuff. Right. 
So floor is like a number, I'm guessing? So support will be your floor. So just how you was building the house, you would have support beams. So support will definitely be your floor as far as option trading, right? So basically, I'm looking for bounces of support. And if it breaks, that's called a breakdown. And then resistance is your ceiling. What do you mean when it breaks? So if prices break below support, that's called a breakdown. Oh, so support might be, let's just say for nice round numbers. Mm -hmm. A dollar in this chart never goes below a dollar. Exactly. That's the support. Exactly. So let's just say it's a dollar on the floor, right? And then it keeps bouncing at the dollar mark. Mm-hmm. If it bounce, if it if it breaks below that line, which is your support right. line, it goes to ninety four cents. Exactly. We would buy what is called puts and options, which bets on the stock to go down. But why would you bet if that's the first time it's going down? Because it broke support. Mm. So and anytime a stock breaks support, mm-hmm. it's always going to, it's going to, not always, but it's going to keep going down. Now there's things called false breakouts. So basically what we're looking for in trading is we're looking for breaks of support or breaks of resistance means the stock going up. So let's just oh, say. Hold on. Yo, right. cause this is crazy because I'm learning this stuff right now. This right. is good. So resistance is the highest that it goes. Exactly. Like, so, let's say the highest okay. it's ever been is $2. So let's just say this is resistance, the top of my hand, right? And then there's a trend, right? And it keeps bouncing on resistance, right? All we're doing is waiting for it to break that price point, resistance point, and you'll be able to see it. It'll be like a, you know, a flat line. It could be all types of ways, but what, what we're waiting for is a break of resistance. Mm-hmm. And once it breaks that point, that's when we buy. We make money off of the average person's emotions. So we're trading the emotion and that's what shows up on the chart. Explain that. So, like I said, when Latoya shows, when you see the chop right there, that's a, like a sideways movement. That means that, imagine you buying something, say at $5, it shoots up to six, right? You don't get out and it drops down to four. Like, oh man. It shoots back up to six. You buy it at six. It drops back to four and you sell it again at four, right? We can see that the market is manipulating, have algorithms, right? Then also we can see when it breaks past six and starts going six, seven, it starts increasing in volume, right? Then that's our signal that we're going to follow the big boys and girls, the hedge funds, boom, because now the emotion turned to a green no euphoric emotion. But once it gets to a certain level, right, we can visually see that it's exhausted, it's tired, like a run in a race, and they, okay, the hedge fund's about to dump it real quick. Now we know to get out. But the emotion size, people come in too late, then now it dumps, things like that. So our job is now to flip that position and make money as the stock goes low because we short sell a lot too. Gotcha. So if you see it trending up, you buy when you see it trending up and when you maybe feel like it's going to come down? Well, you'll visually see because the emotion, right? You'll start seeing the candles turn another color, red. It hits maybe what we call a resistance area, like a ceiling, and it starts changing, you know, it starts dipping a little bit lower, right? As a trader, we're trading for income. So we're just looking for that initial move once it starts coming back down, it starts changing that personality, that attitude, right? And it's like, nah, it's no longer happy, euphoric. 
it's starting to turn a little fear, a little scarcity, you know, scariness. And that's when you start exiting out the position. But a lot of people can't visually see that because of that thought process in their mind. They start talking about, oh, this is a great CEO. This is a great company. Yeah, it could be all good, right? But if you see something different, you know, you might go against it. It's just like being street smarts, right? Mm-hmm. You could be in a great neighborhood, right? You see some, some undesirable people in the corner hanging there. And you know, you got a nice car, right? Like the chances for you to drive past and you know it's a little bit suspect, you know, you may want to go around. Yeah. But you're using your, 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 your eyes, your sense of judgment versus it's a great neighborhood. So that's what we do. We're trading the probabilities, what we see. Like that. Your biggest day was 14,000. How did you make the 14,000? Because to my understanding, uh-huh. to be able to make a certain amount of money, you have to put up a certain amount of money. Yes, yes. So, so crazy thing is this. This was actually an option, uh, not an option play, but it was a uh, earnings play. Okay, so every quarter, every company has to report their earnings. Mm-hmm. So Netflix, for example, I'm always down on Netflix, right? But Netflix reported their earnings. And the stock dropped straight down and it stayed down. So at 3.59 p.m., 3.59 p.m., the market closes at 4 p.m. At 3.59 p.m., I purchased like two, $3,000 of uh, puts on Netflix. Soon as 401, 402 came, they reported their earnings. Their earnings were bad. They missed their earnings. The stock price, boom, dropped down. Again. Dropped straight hold on, down. Hold on. You're saying the stock price. Okay. So hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Before Netflix... Um, posted their earnings. Yes, You're sir. saying they're up a certain amount. Let's say they had $400 randomly. Let's say $400. Right. Mm-hmm. And you knew it was going down. No, I didn't. A earnings play is a guess. It's no strategy. There's no type of tech, technical analysis you can do. You're literally saying they're either going to hit or they're going to miss. I said they're going to miss, right? And I put like two, $3,000 on it. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. 
It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Okay, so I got in at $359 while the stock price is around $400, hypothetically speaking. At 401 402 the stock, they released their earnings. They missed their earnings. The stock price went from 400 maybe like 325 And just, boom, dropped down. So you guessed. It's a strictly guess, an earnings play. You don't teach people to do that, though, right? I teach people to take earnings play every time. This is why I teach people. But it's, you might as well just go to Vegas then if, you, if you're <laughs> no, doing it like think that. about this. Our earnings play come around once a quarter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think about if you're working a job, right? If you're working a job and all quarter you've been grinding out, grinding out, grinding out, making money, making money, right? And say you hypothetically you made $10,000 that quarter at your job. Would you be willing to risk $300 of the $10,000 you made on an earnings play? I don't understand. All right. So say, for example, you work in your, like you work in your job, $10,000 that you put in your pocket that you made and the boss come around and say, hey, everybody, you can put $300 in this pot. You can potentially make $2,000. Would you say I'm willing to put in $300? I've already made $10,000, but I'm willing to put in $300 to possibly make $2,000. Of course, I'll do that. That's what an earnings play is, because you've grinded all quarter. You've made money all quarter trading stock options. Now you get to the point where, hey, earnings coming up for Netflix, put two, three hundred dollars in. You can potentially make two, three thousand dollars, a thousand dollars, whatever it goes to. Right. Or you may lose your three hundred dollars. Is it worth the risk? Oh, uh, OK. OK. It's not an everyday place. So once a quarter place will happen four times a year. Right. But where is the strategy in knowing if it's going to go up or down? There's no strategy in it. I mean, you can look and see, you can look and read some articles about how how Netflix has been uh, performing throughout the quarter, things of that nature. But this earnings play, and this is just sim- this is simply something that you do. Like when you say, okay, I'm gonna shoot a half court shot at, at, at with two seconds left in halftime before halftime, right? It's a simple. You either win, or you don't. So it's not no. So there's no, no strategy, behind. but it's, it's it a, allows you to. Low risk, high, high reward. reward. There you go. And it's like you've grind, you've grinded all quarter. 
put a couple dollars of your winnings into it and see what happens. I see what you're saying. So this is for the people that are actually making money in the, in the market. You mm-hmm. put a couple dollars inside. You had $2,000. Like, yo, if I lose it, I, I lose, lose it. Exactly. If I win it, I win it. But 14000 when I woke just up happened the, to win. When I woke up the next morning. So the next morning, I woke up at, when I woke up, but the market opened at 930 and 931. That's $14,000 there. Dang. It was crazy. <laughs> All right, crazy. what's your biggest loss? Uh, I lost roughly around like $10,000 in one day. Dang, that's I lost $62,000 when I first started trading stock options. Mm-hmm. $62,000. Uh, I threw some things against the wall. I would have cried. <laughs> and it wasn't all at one time, right? It was the whole process, right? It was a process. I would, uh, when I first started, I started with $1,200. I turned that $1,200 into $4,000 in three weeks. Five day, three to five days later, that $4,000 turned into $500. I'm like, holy crap, what just happened? Because I didn't know what I was doing right. at all. I did, somebody just, listen, set my screen up for me. They threw me in the ocean. They told me to go swim. And that's what I did. And um, at the end of it, that time winning some, losing some, $62,000 I lost. So not 62000 in a day. No, no. Over the course of time. I got While you. I was trying to learn this process. I got $62, you. $62,000. Because I would win some, but like I may win four or $500, right? But then I'm losing like, oh crap, I lost 1000 I lost 1500 Oh, the next day I may win 500 but my losses were more than my wins and I had to figure it out. I knew that I could study anything because that's how I was able to get in the Army, by studying or whatnot. I joined when I was 18, back in 2014. So that's so basically, I just knew that all I had to do was just apply effort to this, and then I'll learn it one day. Because I, I taught, I self-taught myself how to barber. So that gave me the self-confidence to self-teach myself stocks. Because yeah. I literally went on YouTube, learned how to barber, and now I'm making 3000 a month. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I can just go on YouTube or, or and read books and learn the stock market the same way. And I ended up doing it. Really? So, okay. All right. So I'm trying to, I, I want to get into, I mean, I'm, I'm in two stocks and I, I mean, I don't have a whole, I don't like have a huge, huge portfolio consider. It's, 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 it's a cool size, but it's, I don't know really when my friend tells me to invest in something, I just do that. Right. Mm-hmm. But how do I start to research? Because I realized that there were two types of investors. Some invest strictly based on the chart. They're not looking at the company, the books, nothing like that, which right. I thought was weird to me. Right. I'm like, yo, you're just trusting the trend to keep being the trend, which it just doesn't make sense. And then you have the other, which is fundamental. Yes. Fundamental. fundamental where they're looking at the performance of the company. Mm-hmm. But you do both. Yes. Hmm. Which one should I do? I believe. What should if, I learn? If you have time to watch the stocks from nine thirty to about eleven, mm-hmm. then you can watch it from. Then you can trade. That kind of distracted me just now. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So basically, to answer your question, you should honestly try long term investing if you don't have time to watch the charts. Mm-hmm. If you have time to watch the charts from nine thirty to eleven, then you should be trading, in my opinion. Mm. So you always were like a, a reader, studier, researcher, always. Yes, I was. Uh, I actually did good in high school. It's just I couldn't afford to go to college. This thing what people don't realize with trading is all about risk management. Okay. So let me just give you a simple example. Okay. Imagine placing three trades a week, right? We call them like microwave trades. So you sit back in your computer every Monday. You got a predefined risk 
and a predefined reward. Okay. That means you know how much you're going to lose. You know how much you're going to make. You always have to have that. You don't know. You're saying. No, no. Based upon a trade setup, if I get in this trade and I visually see a chart setup, I'm anticipating it to move to a certain level, mm -hmm. right? But if it goes to this level, I'm going to get out the trade. I see. So simple math. Three to one risk reward. That's risk $50, right? To make 150. Mm -hmm. So I take trade one, right? Say I buy stock for $10, buy 100 shares. It drops to $9.50. I get out the trade. So I lost $50. Yep. Boom. Trade two, I take the same trade, right? It goes against me, 50 cents. I lose another $50. So I'm down 100 for the week. The last trade goes in my favor, right? Boom, I get the one to three risk reward. So I risk 50, I made 150. So at the end of the week, oh, still I still up. made $50. Oh. Because it offset that. So, so you take the formula and based on, I'm sure what you're teaching people, you give them the formula that more times than not, this is going to work. Correct. And if it doesn't work, you know your predetermined risk. Mm. Now, imagine you taking that and doing 500 to 1,500, mm -hmm. 1,000 to 3,000. But if you got a systematic plan, you don't have to watch the market every day, right? But the problem is with people, they don't have risk and they don't have a reward. So if you in a trade, you up, say, 2,000. But now, what? Maybe I could get three. Oh, yeah. yeah. I get Start four. Greedy. But you knew you was only supposed to get two. For sure. Because it's controlled trading. And that's where my emotions show up. But if you just had a simple formula like that, and we teach hundreds of people to do that, right? Because now you're consistently profitable. Most people lose on trades because they need everyone to be the lotto trade or they let it go all the way down and they lose a lot. I just gave you a simple formula, like a one to three, and we get people doing that every single day because now, yeah, you may get out at 2,000 and it may give you four or five. Mm -hmm. But guess what? We showed you how to do it all the time. Every day. Every and day. You're, and you're consistent. Mm -hmm. so you're consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you get the idea to trade live? Because that is, it's kind of risky when you're talking about like this, this digital age of marketing and branding and personal. <laughs> right, right. Where'd you get that from? Uh, just, just being transparent. Honestly, it, it never, it was, it was like, it wasn't like a decision. Yeah. It's really like, okay, I'm trading right now. Everybody, you guys want to trade with me? Like, come on, let's let's trade together. <laughs> so it's not anything. It's not I'm doing it. Say, hey, I want to just, I want everybody to see, uh, and then everybody's like, oh, what's going on? If I lose. $5,000, I always tell people, I say, y'all, if I lose, I'm not, my computer's not going to accidentally shut off, right? <laughs> it's not going to accidentally shut off. If I'm losing $5,000, you're going to sit here and see me losing $5,000. You're going to see my emotions. You're going to see if I say, hold on, y'all, and go throw something in the corner. Like, you're going to see all that stuff. Really? This this is real life. In real in real life, you win and you lose, right? But um, the main... Hey, y'all, I ain't going to lie, man. They sent me this Yuffie Lock... Think about being on a couch. Someone rings the doorbell. Your child left their key at school and they 
need you to get off the couch to open the door. Well, you don't have to do it anymore with this Eufy lock. You can open, unlock, see who's at the door all on your phone. It's super easy to install. You can set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It's keyless entry. So it's no more fumbling for your keys when your hands are full coming from the grocery store. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Listen, you put your fingerprint on there, you don't have, even if you got you got your bags, you put one finger out there, boop, you get to unlock your door that way. No battery anxiety. You don't have to worry about the battery dying. Quick charging, it's incredible. Also, passcode unlocking and remote control with a 2K clear sight camera so you can see who's at the front door. You're in control anywhere from the app. Enhanced night vision. It's absolutely incredible. No monthly fee either. So unlike other brands that charge a monthly fee, you have you have uh, recordings locally, and you don't have to pay for the storage. Customer support is on 10. Listen, Ufi is on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by our professional customer service team. Listen, you can contact them anytime, telephone, email, or live chat. Okay, listen, you need this Eufy lock. You need to look it up. All you have to do is go to the official website, eufy.com. I just ordered mine, okay? I love this product. It is incredible. It's a game changer. It makes life so much easier, right? So if you have a video doorbell already or any smart lock, it's, it's, it's time to replace it. It's time to replace it. So listen, search Eufy. E-U-F-Y, video lock. Search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y, video lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Okay? You can get a complete control of your front door, your life, back door. Incredible. Okay? So search Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock, or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com podcast for your free trial monarchmoney.com slash podcast thing is over the course of time by watching me trade live you're going to see that i'm winning more than i lose right mm -hmm. you're going to see when i made a thousand dollars and the next day i come back and lose 1500 i beat myself up i'm like chris that had to be the dumbest thing ever you're smarter than that right understanding those things because that's the same thing that people are going to go through when they go through stage three new edition can you stand the rain why not show it to them a lot of students that i've taught over the years they needed help. I, and the issue, the reason why they needed help is so many people come in and they just trade everything. They're just out here, you know, kind of, they just need to commit. So this teaches me what to, not, well, it tells me 
What would my preference of yeah. trading be? What would your, what preference, what would you, what would be best for you to trade? So in this situation, this is going to teach you what currency pairs would be best for the type of person that you are. And when I looked at yours, it, it doesn't show you as risk adverse. You're not like a, you didn't, not. yeah, I could tell. <laughs> I'm not, but I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay, almost explain. like if it's something that I'm for sure, it like for for instance, I am so positive that this podcast will, you know, I'm I'm gonna have a you know long future in podcasting. Yeah, I'm positive about that. I'm putting all my money in it. Okay, right. I'm building a building for it. Everything. If mm-hmm. I trust the person, I'm not just gonna. I'm more afraid of missing out. Right. Than. Not making money. So I don't I don't just jump into everything, but once I'm in, I'm in. Okay. So you said you're more afraid of missing out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't wanna I don't wanna I would be pissed. Now that I know this, like I'd be pissed if Jovan took your course and I decided not to. Right. And now he's making five thousand dollars a day. I'd be pissed. See now not because I'm a hater, but maybe that does make me a hater a little bit. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that sounds a little haters. Little haters? Just okay. That's yeah. just who I am. Mm-hmm. Accept me as I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you basically kind of touched on something, that fear of missing out that you mm-hmm. had. Yeah. Well, the good news is, you know, even if he took my course and was making lots of money as he should, um, you could still sign up at any time. And that time can come for you as well. That's cool. You know, there's always, like we teach that in trading, there's, there's always another trade, you know. Right. But that, I risk. say that to say that is my risk level. Okay. I will risk. You'll risk if you are really sure. If I'm really sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So then that would make you not as risk adverse because gotcha. you can't be sure all the time. You just, you get, you have to kind of go with what you know and the possibilities, the probabilities. And if that's not good enough for you, you're not really that risk. You're not, you're more risk adverse. So would I be a bad trader? No, you wouldn't be a bad trader. You just would trade safer. You know, and and you would probably want to trade pairs that are not as aggressive that don't give you that time to just kind of move around. Like you probably wouldn't want to trade things like, you know, Bitcoin or gold. You probably shouldn't be trading gold. Hmm. Gold has some crazy fluctuations. So what all does this tell you? Maybe not about me, but about people in general. What it tells me about people in general is like um, if you're not if you if it takes you a little while to get comfortable with a certain pair, you got to be able to kind of think things through. You don't want to just jump into the market and start trading the fastest moving thing. Um, I did that. That's how you can easily. That's how I lost like, you know, fifty thousand dollars because I got into something. And I mean, there's a couple of reasons why I lost fifty thousand dollars. But one is I got into something that was moving crazy amounts like in the market. We call the, the market moves and we call these pips as far as in Forex. So you get paid based off the number of pips that you collect. Um, And depending on what you're trading, if you're trading and, you know, it's a dollar for every pip, then you're going to get paid a dollar for every pip. You can get a hundred dollars for every pip. You know, I was trading, you know, a little heavier, you know, for, for not knowing enough about the market. And this market in particular was known to move at least a thousand pips in a minute, a minute. Yeah. That sounds scary. Yeah. It was Ripple. Um, it, was, it wasn't It was a Forex pair. I, I still have trouble with Ripple to this day. It, you know, I have PTSD. I call it Cripple, uh, you know. Because it moves so fast. <laughs> yes. I mean, I was doing so good in this market. And then, like, in one minute, there was a spike in the market where the market dropped 
1,000 pips and it popped back up another 1,000 pips. It's is that just, a bad thing? Yes, it's really bad. Why That's is bad. That bad. It's bad if you're not trading in that direction. So if you're trading, if you're expecting to, the market to move up and it goes down, you're losing. Or the other way around. If okay. you're expecting the market to go down and it goes up, then you're losing because you're making bets on the market, whether it's going to go up. If it goes up and, it, and you were expecting it to go up, then you get paid. And that's much. the basic premise of trading for it. That's the basic premise. It's, it's, I think it's going to go up. If it goes up, I win. If it doesn't, I lose. I, I mean, that's the down. that's a, a much more. Yeah, that's a, a very easy way of it's saying it. Yeah, yeah, very broad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's more that sounds more gambly, you know, a little gamblier. You know, if you. That's so crazy because I'm glad you said that because yeah. I was just thinking, yo, if that's it, I'm just going to just bet. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I think that's yeah, going yeah. down. I felt the gamble coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a gambler. Yeah. I was a well-rounded barber, so I, I cut white people, hair, Asians, everybody, because we was in the Army. Mm -hmm. And you know what I'm saying? It was better for them to get their hair cut by me so they can enjoy their free time, play their video games, right. or they can spend literally an hour getting their hair cut. And in the Army, our time was valuable, so gotcha. it, I made a lot of money cutting hair. So I would overhear conversations, uh, and it was, it was the white soldiers. They were talking about it. And then it was the nerds. They were talking about it. You know what I'm saying? I was like, you know what? I think I should do that one day. And then I would just be asking them questions like, what's going on with this, this, and that? And then one guy ended up, as soon as I uh, got to AIT, he was like, uh, I want to put you in this program that's teaching trading. He said, it's free. It was a, a Zoom meeting. Actually, I just got back. I just got to Fort Stewart, Georgia. Mm. And I go to this Zoom meeting. And it was these teenage guys just teaching candlesticks and everything, right? And I was only like 19 the years old. Candlesticks is, don't, don't, don't tell me. That's the technical analysis. Yep. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So I attended this uh, webinar when I was like 19 years old, learning about that, how they make money. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I think I could do this one day. So then literally when I turned 20, I end up, excuse me, I end up just researching it, you know, out of nowhere because I saved a lot of money cutting hair. I saved up about 10000 or whatnot. Yeah. But, you know, so I was skeptical at first. I was just researching. All I did was Google it, how to make money from a cell phone. Right. And then I just keep seeing the stock market. So I was like, you know, I'm going to just hop into it. Gotcha. So I'm like, you know what? I literally spent, because I learned how to cut hair when I was 18 years old. Mm. That's when I started making money. So I literally went on YouTube and got good with it. I would say in about... Three months. Yeah, I like the, yeah, what was that movie where like the kid, whatever he learned, he just can do it. He could not, y'all know what I'm talking about? It was the, y'all don't watch good movies or I, or it wasn't really a movie. Maybe I just saw it somewhere. But it's like, it's like, like Neo on the Matrix. Like you can download some information and automatically know how to do karate, stuff like that. That's, that's, my brain doesn't work like that. You're gifted. I feel like I could learn how to do anything. What I learned about life is if you try your best and you apply, like, just give it your all. Because I gave it, this is what taught me to give my all for the rest of my life. I never told anyone this story, by the way. Um, it was senior year track. I was running track. We was in Kansas. So I spent my senior year of high school in Kansas. So I literally grew up in Atlanta my whole life. And then my stepfather joins the military my 11th grade year. And then we ended up moving to Kansas when he got out of basic training or whatnot. So this is a culture shock for me. I'm mm -hmm. from Atlanta. It's all black. It's probably five white people in my school. I moved to Kansas. It's an all-white school. 
So I'm sitting by myself at lunch for the first two months. I, I mean, I right. know for the first month because it's all white. You know, I just came from all black school. But if I didn't move to Kansas, I wouldn't be where I am today. Why? Because it changed. It forced me to open up my mind. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how closed-minded I was living in Atlanta. Like, even though this is a big city, it's open. You you sit back and realize a lot of people don't leave here. They do, they it's, they just go to the clubs around Atlanta. And I realized, like, when I moved to Kansas and being around a different environment, especially just being around at a predominantly white school, that it was more to life. And you know what I'm saying? I learned what generational wealth was. Cause mm. when I was in and when I was in Atlanta, we all rode the bus. Yeah. I moved to Kansas, they all drive to school. You know what I mean? So it different, was different experience. Different. And it's if you never see it, yeah, you, you don't even you like be thinking it. it's possible. Their school lunch is better. The curriculum was harder. I'm just looking at all this. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking at it, especially the moment when I had to go to the army. Mm. I'm sitting back looking, all the white kids, all the black kids too. You know, I'm from Atlanta, so I don't count. Yeah. Going to college. Their parents got money for them to go to school, drive cars. And I'm working at McDonald's at the time, so I'm serving the kids, the rich white kids in my school. You know what I mean? Like they. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th. Two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people t- listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. 
You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you know right now yet, you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal. That triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code BIGDEAL at checkout and get your tickets now. Don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights. Take your brand to new heights. Take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer, okay? I'll see you at the summit. And don't forget to use promo code Big deal. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like, dang, not only did you did your parents give you a car, but they gave you money to buy food too. It's different. So I'm just looking, I'm like, I gotta work for everything I have. So it just made me hungry because I'm like, I'm smart too. I could go to college, but I can't afford it. I'm doing what is called giving stuff extrinsic values. So extrinsic value is almost like if you were to go to Walmart and you're trying to buy a Snicker bar, but the price is 125, but you know the price is gonna be a dollar if you wait two months for the next season. Yeah. So what a lot of people like to do with fundamental analysis is give things called extrinsic values. Mm -hmm. And they have a whole bunch of ways to calculate it, but they'll give it a price and they'll literally wait for it. So they'll either say, I'm going to short the stock because it's too high, or I'm going to buy it because it's at a discount. What does shorter stock mean? So short means wanting it to go up. I mean down and Longing something means wanting it to go up. So gotcha. longing is so, here are the bullish things you will hear in stocks. So you will hear what is called bullish and bearish. Mm -hmm. So it's based off the animals fighting attack style. So bull strike up, bear strike down. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Did you know that, Joe? I had no idea. So okay. whenever you hear the term bullish and bearish, remember, bull strike up, Bear strike down. So a bear just stand up, strike down. A bull go, you know, strikes up. So, you know what I mean? So, so bull market and bear market makes sense. Bull yes, market means bull market everything's means, up. That's exactly. what everybody's excited. So that's, what we're on, what, that's what we're currently in. All right. but, bull market? Yes. I thought we just sleep. I thought we was in bear. Nah. No. So we're in bull. So the market is based on what is called SPY, the S&P 500, Standard & Poor's 500. Okay. You ever heard of that? No. S you, you, I you heard ever, of S&P 500. What about NASDAQ? You be seeing yes. that? Yeah. Yep. So the S&P 500 and NASDAQ pretty much are the markets. And when those are up, that means the whole entire market is following those. Come up a little bit to the mic. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. So when those are up, the entire market is following the, the S&P 500 and NASDAQ. And they have a lot of, of the same stocks. It's, the stock is real high. So if I bet that it's going to go low, I'll make money? Listen, let me tell you this, though. That was my strategy when I first started. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when I said I took that 4000 to 500 lost that 4000 to 500 Right. I was literally saying every time the stock went high, I was buying, I'm going to buy a put so the market can go down. That makes sense, though, don't it? It does make sense, but it doesn't work. <laughs> it, does it doesn't work. work. It does not work. Oh, wow. Okay. So... Now, if you want, say, for example, you want to buy something, right? So let's go buy something. We're going to go to options. See options right there? So the options at the top. And, and this then. Is your, this is called your uh, option chain. 
Okay. Hypothetically speaking. Get the mic too. Oh, this is called your option chain. So I say hypothetically speaking, you wanted to buy this particular contract right there. Click on the one that says Axe point eighty six. The right. Axe point eighty six. Yep, right there. Okay. The blue. Point eighty six. Okay. Now say if you wanted to buy ten contracts, that's going to uh, cost you eight hundred and sixty six dollars. Okay. So hit review at the top. Hit review. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then hit send at the bottom. Send. Yep, and then you have to wait for it to allow you to get into the trade. And right now, you may be on delay, so it may take longer. But if you want to see if you're in that trade, you can go to positions and look right there. So now you're in the trade, and you see where it says P&L day, and it's red in parentheses? Yeah. That means you're down. When it goes oh, into green, gosh. that means you're up. Did I bet that it's going down or up? You, bet, you bought a call. A call is when you bet that the stock is going to go up. Why would I bet it's going to go up when it's already up? We just we just playing around with it though, right? We just gonna get your feet I still with. look at this as my real money. <laughs> okay, now I'm only down eighty five dollars, fifty five dollars. Okay, so it just keeps changing. See how it's changing? Yep. This is some scary stuff, bro. No, I used to I call them trade attacks. Like when I used to be in trades, say if I got some thousands of dollars in trades, I used to call them trade attacks because your heart and your emotions just everywhere. And you have to, and when you first start not when you first start starting off, that's why I tell people to start off with a low amount of money because you need to understand that this is an emotional thing. Like your heart is gonna be beaten out. I've been. How do you know when something's going into a bull market or a bear market? So or coming out. That's when you have to watch the charts. There is no way fundamentally you will know that the market is up without looking at the chart. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's one thing I will say. There's no fundamental trader that can't look at the chart because you have to know where you're buying. You know what I mean? You have to use both. You got to know if I'm researching this if I'm researching this company, is it a good entry point? Because just because Apple was a good company doesn't mean you need to invest in it right now. You gotcha. know what I mean? An entry point is wherever the stock is at right now. Exactly. So you always want to buy stocks on a dip or during tur turmoil. So the, the real slogan is buy when others are fearful, sell when they are greedy. Mm. So you want to buy when there's a market crash because everyone is scared. That's when you, that's when you need to buy. See, people have it opposite. They want mm. to buy when everyone is talking about it. You want to buy when everyone is scared and saying, I want to pull out, I'm afraid. That's when you buy. That's when you buy. Did you do, do you do crypto as well? Not yes, right? I do. And, and see, you see what I'm saying? It's yeah, the yeah, same yeah. exact philosophy. You buy when others are fearful and you sell when everyone's greedy. So whenever you see the rappers talking about, it's time for me to invest, that's when you need to sell. <laughs> you see what I mean? like that? I'm keeping it 100. Like, seriously, you see what Meat Mill say. So as Meek starts talking about, yeah, let's get out of this. Because that means culture has caught on to it. So that's, so that's when everyone is greedy. See what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah. So that's, wow. that's literally is that how what happened? Oh, so he tweeted, because we, we were in a, well, in crypto, mm -hmm. it was down. Right. Scarily down. Like, right. I lost... Yo, it was literally like half my portfolio. But that's because we you back bought, up, but yeah, you gotta buy. Don't ever buy when people say buy. Mm. You buy when people like, ah, is this looks bad. You know what I mean? If you don't want to just stay in Forex, mm -hmm. it's important to know about these people and what they did and why it matters because this will allow you to take these skill sets into stocks, into anything. Okay, explain this technical. Explain what they found, especially my man Dow Jones. Okay, so Who's Jones then. 
If that's Dow, Charles Dow. Dow. Yeah, Charles Dow. So they, yeah. So Jones was his partner, basically. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah. But Charles Dow, he's, they call him, he's the the American father of technical analysis. Really? Yeah, but there was another one, though. You Ooh. know, uh, his name, I never can say it. Was it a black man and no, he it stole it? No, no, no. It wasn't black. <laughs> <laughs> it was a black man, Charles Dow, stole it. Now the Dow Jones. Was Jones black? <laughs> no, he yeah. wasn't black. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> See how woke I got just then? <laughs> you did get woke. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That, I mean, happening. they did, you know, kind of whitewash a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, but he was actually um, Japanese. So if this you, guy, the, no, 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 not Dow. Um, let me see. Homer Mona. Yeah, you got it. Go ahead and say his name. Uh, you, you, you was doing Homer Munihisa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you got it. Mm-hmm. Listen, I don't know how to say his name either, but I felt like he was. So tell me what you learned from these people. Like, tell me a little bit about these people. Well, Charles Dow, he um, was one of the. You know, like I said, the American founder of technical analysis, he basically saw that there's different patterns in how the market moved. There's different cycles. So there's the there's different phases of the market. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's kind of like my favorite part. Rather than getting all the way into like pips and you know, candlesticks and all that, it's important for people to know the cycles of how the market moves. Um, they need to know, and that's kind of actually Wyckoff is he's like my favorite one. He kind of talks about the different cycles. He took what Charles Dow did and kind of made it a little more, you know, user-friendly. And he was mm. a teacher too. Um, but basically there's a pay, there's a phase where the market's not really doing anything or it right. looks like it's not doing anything. Um, and that's called the accumulation phase. And in that accumulation phase, most people are losing. Um, most people have like really poor, you know, I, ideas or attitudes towards whatever. Like things are bad in the accumulation phase. Mm. All the news, if you're looking at the news surrounding the currency, if you're looking at the news surrounding whether it's currency, crypto, the news is bad. But what's happening is the market participants, the ones, the big players, they're buying it up because mm. people like us are like, oh, this stuff is crap. You know, this this stuff will never go anywhere. I remember when Bitcoin, you know, before it went on its last huge run, if you would just ask anybody about Bitcoin, oh, that's the dark money. I'm like, okay, the U.S. dollar is not. Uh, right. Okay. You know, like, I mean, that money, they, they, it's a scam. It's this, it's that. Like, they didn't think, it, you know, people had bad experiences because they invested in it before. It didn't do well for them. So accumulation phase is like people have, it's just a negative phase. Right. But that's the time where you should be buying. We don't think that way, though. It's like there's a lot of panic going on. When you see panic, you should be excited as an investor. Here, I've been hearing. Okay, so I've been hearing that trading is all emotion. Not all emotion, but it is emotional. It is emotional. So where where do where do we come in with people? They say yo, they get um... traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done. Where their emotions have caused them oh, yeah. to make a mistake. Oh, yeah, I don't know the plenty of time. So, for example, one week I was trading, I used to trade Amazon all the time. So all week I've been busting Amazon in the head, right? I've been playing the bounce strategy all week, bounce strategy. What does that so, mean? So basically when the stock is going down and it comes to this strong level of support, a support is like this floor right here, right? If I throw something at this floor right here, that means it's gonna something's going to bounce off of it and we can't fall through it, okay? So that's the support level. And I will play it off a strong level of support. It bounces off support, goes up. I make $1,000, $2,000. So I'm up like $12,000 for the week, okay? Mm. Come Friday, Come Friday, right? <laughs> I, I'm playing the same strategy, but it broke through the floor this time. So I should have gotten out, but I told myself, now not the market, I told myself, I told the market is going back up. The market said, no, Chris, we're going down. I said, no, you're going up. The market said, no, Chris, we're really going down. The market went down. I lost $10,000. I was up $12,000 for the week, lost $10,000 on that Friday. So the emotional part says, I'm just hoping to, I'm, I'm going from strategy to, to hope. Hope. There you go. This side of your this side of your uh, <laughs> this side of your shoulder is the person saying, "Get out, get out, get out." This person like, "Nah, Chris, stay in." And you, it's like a battle. It's really like a battle. So it's about like cutting your losses. Cutting your losses. How much would you have lost if you'd have stopped when you knew you should have stopped? Oh, I had bro met the broke even. I, when I the moment I knew I should have got I should have got out, I would have probably been broke uh, like hundred two dollars, two hundred, three hundred dollars down. That's about it. Break even. Mm. I saw like I literally saw it happen right and uh, it formed this thing called an H pattern like the market falls down and then it bounces and come back up and remember I said I was playing the bounce straight so we bounced and it was coming back up coming back up then it hit the top of an H like boom, like an H forming then it stopped it stopped and it couldn't break through it couldn't break through and I saw it starting to fall down and I'm like Chris and I'm trading live at this time I'm like, I'm like everybody in my discord chat we just broke the one year one day trend line you probably want to sell and get out, right? But I stayed in. I'm telling everybody to sell, but I stayed in. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. And I'm watching it. And now, now it's going down. And now I'm literally telling myself, Chris, get out. Get out. Get out. But I said, I'm going to wait till it come back down to that where that H started at, where it bounced and came up. I'm going to let it come back down and see if it bounced again. It broke through that. I said, Chris, get out. I stayed in. It's like, it's really, it's. it's Are it's, you saying this on live? Like, yo, no, I I'm, should no, get I'm, out. Like, I'm, I'm. Talking like I talk to myself all the time when I'm tracing people. You hear people's like, he's just talking to himself, y'all. Don't worry about it, right? And uh, so uh, I'm saying all this like, Chris, get out, get out, get out. But I'm telling everybody else, y'all should get out. And I'm telling myself, get out, but I'm staying in. But I'm saying, are you saying this live? Like, Chris, I need to get out, get out. Oh, yeah, bro, yeah, out. And you're just letting you're standing there and you're telling in. them, like, yo, y'all should get out and right they now. See it. And they see my and they see my account balance going down to two thousand, three thousand, four. They're they're watching it happen. Cause like I said, I'm not gonna let my my computer just happen to turn off when I'm starting to lose. I'm gonna let you guys see the meltdown, and that's what it was—a meltdown. It was a meltdown. Mm -hmm. Why couldn't you get out? It's the hardest thing to do. The hardest thing to do is to sell when you think that you are right. That's why you should always set a stop loss when you trade. Always set a stop. You loss. didn't set the stop loss. I didn't set a stop loss. Why not? You forgot, or you, or just out of arrogance? I, I, I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to. You I think mean, you're that because, good, huh? You don't no, I didn't off? think. Is the thing about it when, and this is what people fail to realize, right? And I and I be completely honest. I tell you the truth about trading. When you go on a nice win streak, it it's a great thing financially, but mentally, a loss is coming. But you've been winning, winning, winning for three. I mean, four, five, six, seven days. 
you feeling good about you. Like it's a when I say the feeling of you winning this amount of money, like in November, I made like thirty, forty thousand dollars a month in November trading. It's a great feeling. But then a lot of people get hurt with that next loss that comes because you've been on this win streak and you hit this loss and now you like, I can I can bully my way through it and it just it hurts you. Mm. And, it, it, and I had to, and that's why I had to start to control those things. And that's why I say now, when I told you at the beginning, I don't trade with a forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollar account. I'm gonna trade my ten to fifteen thousand dollars, boom, 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 and be good because I know my I know what's my weakness, and that's my weakness. Playing trading with a lot of money. So, oh yeah, me personally, you know what I mean? and, like, and I, so. I'm happy about that because. It was just like a wind of relief when we started seeing other people as well yeah. in the markets that were not, you know, the other, you know. Yeah. So it, it was it was awesome. Definitely. It still is because we highly encourage that. We want more of our people to get involved in these finances, especially, mm-hmm. you know, the different markets. One thing I want to piggyback on is the um, 25,000. So I don't want the audience to think like, you can't trade because you don't have that money. That's what I was thinking. There's options, right? You can trade options in a cash account. You don't need 25000 Oh, y'all 000. trade. You're just saying you need 25000 for day trading. Day trading. Correct. Only for, for day trading. Okay, right? I got you. Um, there's times, you know, we're shorting 5,000 shares or buying 5,000 shares of whatever stock it is. So you yeah. need that capital. Uh, so I'm just going to explain just a little bit. 25000 you qualify for a day trading account. Your broker gives you four to one leverage. Mm-hmm. So your $25,000 becomes $100,000 in capital. Well, well, hold on. I yep. don't understand. Mm-hmm. Say it again. If you have your $25,000, you yep. fund your account. Yes. You qualify for a day trading account. Your broker gives you a four to one leverage. You now have $100,000 accessible to you in capital, although only 25K is yours, the broker is giving you more money. So what happens if you lose 60,000? That's called the margin call and you got to fund that account. So of course, with margin accounts, there's always that risk. And that's why your education is extremely important. Well, my question is, Mm -hmm. say for instance, I put 25,000 in. My broker gives me 100. I'm going full tilt. Yep. And I lose the whole hundred thousand. It'll be very hard for you to lose that. Yeah, because they're gonna cut you off. They're gonna cut you off. They're gonna cut you. Yeah. The moment your account dips under twenty five thousand, you have to fund it. They cut you off. They so let's say you're in a position, and it's coming below that twenty five thousand dollar capital of your money. Oh, they're cutting you off, and they're hitting you with a margin call at the same time. What's the point of giving a hundred thousand? So short term trading. Yep. So the average day trader. It's trading like maybe five minutes in a trade, maybe 15 mm-hmm. hours. So they're giving you extra leverage to right. purchase, right? Right. So now say you buy, look at all these expensive stocks, Tesla, you know, Apple, a lot of these stocks. The average day trader is getting in on a minimum of a thousand shares of a company, mm-hmm. right? Because every 10 cents, you're making a hundred bucks. Right. You know, so if I can get a thousand shares of a company, and it moves a dollar or two, I made 2000 An educated and mature trader, depending on their income, is going to exit that trade. That profit has come with them, right? So the leverage is not used normally when you're day trading to hold a big position like that gotcha. to get killed. You know what I mean? Gotcha, gotcha. Well, people do do that. Yeah, They do do that. They'll do like an earnings play or like 
some uh, a suicide type trade. Like, hey, I'm gonna just go all in <laughs> yeah. and see what happens. And like, like the next day, like Atoy said, they call it a margin call. You could lose that money now. You owe the broker the money plus. Gotcha. You know, so we like, go. Let's say I lose thirty five thousand. I'm down ten thousand. How do they collect the money? They coming after you for that. Oh, so they like yeah, they have like all a, your information. They, got they all have your social. So just think when you're oh, asking, yeah, so I was going to get your credit. They got everything. They yeah, got, they got everything. everything. Oh, okay, Correct. yeah, okay. I was they will say. get their money. Basically, the DeFi movement is moving away from the banks onto a platform that is decentralized. So blockchain, all of that is all about decentralizing. It was built for the underdog. It was built because, you know, of all the corruption that is already going on with our pretend our, of our current government system. And so the DeFi movement is allowing you to kind of do banking without the, you know, the big guys, cutting the middleman out. Mm. Um, and so smart contracts are a way for you to do business without, you know, without having to worry about a third party making sure that, you know, whatever was set. So for instance, DeFi will, it has the potential to, you know, uh, disenfranchise lawyers, you know, because when you need a business deal done, you got to have a lawyer to sign off on it. But if you have a smart contract, it's a contract that will fulfill itself without the need of any lawyer, any middleman. Mm. Um, if you're trying to do any kind of deals from a financial standpoint, if you're trying to send money right now, you need a bank, you need Visa, you need one of those to say, yep, the money's in their account. Now it's in yours. Everything's good. Let's take our cut. You don't need that if you are in the, if you are on, if you're uh, decentralized. So smart contracts are huge. And that's kind of what, you know, right now Cardano um, wasn't, it wasn't getting the play like Ethereum because Ethereum has all of these smart contracts. Polygon is what's helping Cardano with that smart contract process. So, mm. yeah. so Polygon, even though it's a small player, it's huge. Cardano doesn't have any smart contracts. <laughs> you got, you got, you got Polygon, Johnny? <laughs> Because you're not that's, financially that's educated. One of the, that's one you of don't the, know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not a, a, a you know investor either. So let's just say Apple, uh, Amazon, Tesla, anything like that gets oversold. Mm -hmm. You always want to buy, but be careful with overbought because stocks can keep. They can sit in limbo while they're up. You see what I'm saying? So real quick, oversold means they sold too many of the stock. Like too many people that bought the stock. Oversold is just saying that, okay, so in the stock market, there's buyers and then there's sellers, mm -hmm. correct? Yep. So whenever you see prices shooting downward, that's because a vast majority are selling. Mm. And the majority could be people, gotcha. machines, uh, hedge funds. Right. Um, all of that plays a role. Too many it. people sold their stock in this one particular time period. Yes, it's a lot of selling, gotcha. but a lot of institutional selling. So if me and you, so if all of us in this room sell, that won't do anything. Mm. But when the billionaires and the funds and the ones who have all the shares, if they start selling, that's when the prices drop. You see what I'm saying? And you buy at that point? Yes. But it seems like... And that's when it's oversold because the, the big institutions are selling. You see what I'm saying? Would you buy at that point, though? Yes. Okay. Because if, if Amazon and Tesla becomes oversold, yes, you want to buy the dip. Okay, and I'm still, and just answer this question for me. If these major companies who have millions and millions of dollars to pay people mm -hmm. who truly understand this stuff, mm -hmm. 
if they're selling, mm-hmm. why would I buy? Because like they're selling it for buy, a reason. Right. Bad news doesn't always mean bad for the company. So how many times have we seen Apple get sued for knowingly slowing down the iPhones, the old iPhones? But Did they get sued for that? Yes. Good. I hate when they do that. As soon as a new one come out, you know your old one about to start acting up. Oh, yeah. And they got sued for that last year. But guess what? Apple was still Apple, and they still going to go up in the stock market. Owing the planes crash. Remember those? Mm -hmm. What happens? They still go up eventually. So during turmoil... You still want to buy good companies because the stock market, in my opinion, is meant to go up. Mm. Think about it. I just told you, do not sell as quick as you buy. See what I'm saying? So when stocks are overbought, you don't want to try to short them as much as quickly. Stocks, literally, they rise quicker than they fall. Mm. Like your business is doing well. You have another idea. That business does well. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're to go and you just start doing so much and you're over leveraging businesses. Exactly. Because you felt like you were doing well. Exactly. And you take that loss and you say to yourself, yo, that'll never happen to me again. But if you go long enough on another win streak, you forget the fact that you said you'd never do that again. Bingo. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's why, and that's why I tell people it's coming. It's like, like it's coming. And that's why I always tell you when I get to a certain amount, I take that money out because if the money, that's what, and that's, and, and that's why I started off saying what I did because when you have that money in your account and that stock is dropping and you're down, your thought process is I can buy in more right now and offer this bounce and it's going back up. I can make my, all that money back because you can but what happens if you put that money in there and that bounce doesn't bounce how you want it to bounce? Now you're losing more money faster, right? So it's, it's, it happens that way. And that's why you have to get the mindset risk management. That's why we have a counselor in our program. We have a counselor come every second Thursday to talk to people and give them that understanding of why, 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 why are you doing certain things you're doing? Because it's like, it's, it's serious. It's really, a counselor. Yeah. Every second Thursday, a counselor come and talk to all, all the trades in the program. Golly. Yeah. I mean, that's how they get uh, people in Vegas. Because <laughs> you're down, and it's like, yo, I lost so much, mm-hmm. and I can't go home with this loss. Mm-hmm. And you'll see these people who, they're up, mm-hmm. and the worst thing that can happen is you go up. Oh, yeah. Because when you come down, you're like, oh, I remember feeling beat up. I got to get, get back, back to up that. that first high. But then you keep going down. Mm-hmm. It's like you a falling knife. You can't stop it, right? So, and, and that's the thing about it is, and that's why I tell people, listen, I did that. I did it. I know the feeling. I know the feeling of not being to stop it. So that's why when you asked me what was my largest win, and I said 14000 You may have other people on here saying they made hundreds of thousands of dollars a day or, or millions of dollars, but I'm telling from what I know, what I can control and what I can handle, I can't handle trading with that much money. Yeah. How do we get that? Like, what advice would you give for people to be disciplined? Because mm-hmm. being disciplined gets boring, and eventually you just want to... This thing about it, I'm going to be honest with you. Being disciplined when it comes to trading stock options does not get boring. Not mm-hmm. stock options, right? Because you're sitting here watching your account grow. You got to think about most people when they come into the stock... Think about this. Most people when they come into the stock market, they've been doing something their entire life, their entire life, right? 
And for me, I try to sell vacuum cleaners. I try to sell knives. I try to do a lot of things, right? And none of that stuff worked for me. And I saw the stock market and I'm like, holy crap, I can make thousands of dollars a day. And what was the next thing from someone, what's the next thing somebody want to do the next time they do it? They want to make $100,000 tomorrow, right? But no, it's a process. If you think about it, it took you 30 years to get to even find out about trading, if you say, I can do this for the rest of my life, if I can make $300 every single day, that's $75,000 a year. If I make $100 a day every single day, that's uh, on average, right? That's $25,000 a year. Think about somebody working a full-time job right now. They make $50,000 a year, say, for example. What is one thing they probably say every month? If I did not have to pay my mortgage payment this month, I can get ahead. You trade stock options, you make $100 a day, your mortgage is paid every single month. But people don't think like that, CJ. That's, that's the thing about it. You, that's why I've been through it. So when you when when you when you when you come to me, I'm telling you, I spend time with you, and I'm telling you the real. Mm. Like you do not have to make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm. Make sure your rent, light bill, gas bill, mortgage, phone bill, child daycare. If all of that is paid from trading stock options, now you're gonna wake up on December thirty first, twenty twenty one, and look at your account. You got twenty five, thirty, forty thousand dollars in your account. Some people never had that amount of money in their account in their life. People don't realize that there is something called buy the rumor, sell the news. So this is what happens. Mm. A lot of people buy on the news. And, and whenever, so that's what I told you. Whenever you see a lot of people talking about it, that's a bad thing because mm. they are what is called the that's news smart. now. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's smart. So buying the rumor means if crypto is down and then you hear a, an analysis say, I believe the price will go up to this or something like that. But that's not even a rumor. Let's just say, for instance, the PS5 when it came out. I can name two instances where this happened. So when the PS5 came out, Everyone, when Sony, you know how Sony, they have a release date event where they just show this is our new system, this is that, right? So a new trader, a person who knows nothing, will buy when that event happens. Right. They'll say, yo, Sony is about to release the PS5, dog. Buy their stock, is about to go up. And, they, and then they lose money because they don't realize you're supposed to buy on the rumor. Right. Meaning when they say an event is going to happen on this day. You're supposed to buy way, like weeks before. You're supposed to buy when you know that the event is happening. So what yeah. people do is they push up the stock until the event happened itself, mm -hmm. and then they sell their shares. So it's called buy on the rumor, sell on the news. So you never want to buy a stock during its significant news day. You, you're supposed to buy it leading up to that news day. You see what I'm saying? Got you, Because got you. that's when all the hedge funds and the people are selling because they have already profited on the event. Give me a specific scenario where you really came up off of a rumor. A rumor, I would say Tesla, the, um, the Cybertruck. Mm -hmm. So you remember when Elon Musk uh, first revealed the Cybertruck and, yeah. he, and he broke the window or whatnot? Mm -hmm. So I bought the rumor and I sold the day that the Cybertruck was happening. Tesla is one of the easiest. Hold on, you, 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 you bought it when they were talking about it, but when it actually comes out, you sell. Yes. Wow. That's what you're supposed to do. Wow. But new traders think you're supposed to buy during the event day. 
And that's the, that's when it's going to drop. You're never fearful that like, yo, I'm a I'm a sell it on that day, and because it's, it's good hype, it's gonna not gonna go up. It, I don't know why it works like that. That's the way the stock market works. It drops the day that the event that the news happens. Now it's different for earnings. This is about news and event days. You're supposed to buy the rumor and sell the news. So that is why a lot of people lose money when like AMC was up. By the time they try to buy it. They see they they were supposed to buy one of the rumors that AMC was gonna blow. You see what I'm saying? Mm, and that's crazy because I did hear it, but I'm like, yeah, we in COVID. It, my own rationale, right? I think, okay, we're in we're in the middle of a pandemic, right? AMC's closed. They're not they're not they're they're not making any money. But because everybody's gonna be in the house, they're gonna find a new way to enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. Meaning. We, ain't no reason. Why do I need to go to the movie theater again? Right. So even after the pandemic, ain't nobody going back to the movies like that. I couldn't see it because I'm thinking everybody's going to be nervous to be around each other. So with my amateur ability to research, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, no, I'm, I'm not going to buy it. But then I was sick when I started looking at the stock price. I said, golly. But that's not why it, uh, that's not why it went up. It's not because it has nothing to do with, I guess you can say, personal or, or common sense at all. This is why AMC, GameStop, all of those exploded. It's because what happens is it was a movement created to for everyone to buy shares, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. So what happened was the people, you and I, were buying more shares than the institutions were at the time. And what happens is when they're trying to sell... They're forced to cover their share because remember I told you they're the ones who got to sell for the stock to go down. Mm-hmm. So in order for GameStop, AMC, all these stocks to go down, they have to sell their shares. But if everyone is holding shares, it, it causes a short squeeze. Mm-hmm. So that's why they were trying to limit people from buying it because we're causing this, the stock to short squeeze because the institutions and the large hedge funds have to cover their shares and it forces the prices to go up because now they have to buy. You see what gotcha, I'm saying? Gotcha. Because buyers are stepping in. So they had their force to buy because they can't sell anymore. We're buying it up. 